just before we start the show, I want to take an opportunity to invite you to join me for the Podfluence Weekly Newsletter, which is available both on LinkedIn and through the official newsletter channel. Now, if you are on LinkedIn and it's easier for you to follow there, then please just click on the link in the show notes, which will take you straight to Podfluence on LinkedIn, where you can subscribe for free and get weekly updates on Podfluence articles as well as episodes. If you would like to subscribe to the full newsletter where you'll get additional materials and as my little incentive to you, my pre-podcast guest checklist for you to use when you're appearing on podcast shows so that you can be fully prepared every single time, then please click the link to the official newsletter in the show notes. Hope to see you there. Let's get on with the show. Welcome to the show. My name's Johnny Ball. This is Speaking Influence, the show where we delve into the world of influence and persuasion to help you build your professional authority and to become a powerfully persuasive communicator, understanding and applying the tools of ethical influence and persuasion in business and in life. This week, I am joined by a professional voice artist, and she is also a podcast host and a successful one at that. And I got to connect with her at the PodFest online conference last year and wanted to have her on the show after connecting with her too. There's a lot we can learn from how she runs her business that you might be able to put into action in yours as well, especially if you would like to do some kind of voice work. On the show, we speak to all kinds of people around the world of influence and persuasion, from marketers and branding experts through to psychologists, authors, coaches, hypnotherapists, neuroscientists, people who are masters in the world of rhetoric, political speech writing, and much more besides, so that we can fully understand and apply influence and persuasion tools in our lives and from time to time, take a look at the less ethical side of influence and persuasion as well to enable us to recognize it and potentially be able to defend ourselves against it. That's my mission at Speaking Influence. All that remains for me to say is enjoy the show. Welcome to Speaking Influence, the show that helps you to master the psychology and application of ethical influence and persuasion in life and business with persuasive presentations and podcasting coach, Johnny Ball. If you're a coach, speaker, or course creator and would like to have a simple online ecosystem for your business where you can create funnels, build an integrated website, sell and host courses and live programs, build your list with lead magnets, manage your sales, create communities and so much more in a way that is affordable and fully supported, you'll love New Zendler. You can try everything out for free. And if you love it, you can register for monthly or discounted annual billing. It's more cost effective than most other similar platforms. Don't pay for a multitude of services you have to then link up manually. Get an online solution that does everything you need in one place. Find the link in the show notes and try New Zendler as the all-in-one solution for your business today. Welcome to Speaking Influence. My name is Johnny Paul and I am very excited today to be having a conversation with someone who is an expert in the voice. It's something we all have to use and she is a voice artist. We're going to find out exactly what she does. I've been looking forward to this conversation for a very long time. It's been a long time waiting just because we've had so much scheduled in, but we finally managed to make it happen. So let me welcome to the show, Jodie Krangle. Hello. <laughs> Thanks for <laughs> Jody, having me. It's great to be speaking with you. And so just explain 
what it is you actually do? Because I'm probably not doing you justice by saying that you're a voice artist. There's a whole bunch of different terms for it. Voice actor, voice talent, voiceovers, uh, whatever you want to call it. (laughs) (laughs) I I basically um, help people make money. (laughs) <laughs> with my voice. That's kind of what it does. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a good thing to be able to do. Well, fantastic. Sure. So it's quite a broad scope to what we do. And we're going to talk about some of this as well. Now, one of the questions that I've been launching into the conversations with recently, which I've been really enjoying, is asking people about somebody who they respect, look up to, admire for their influence and persuasion skills. And uh, So who would that be for you? Or is it maybe more than one? <laughs> well, it's I we were chatting about this a little before we started uh, recording this, and I kind of feel like that's asking me to, you know, cho- to choose which child I love most. And I don't know that I can necessarily because there's a whole bunch of people who have been a huge influence on my life. And I just I admire people who have persistence, who are doing things from the heart and not stepping on people along the way to get where they need to go, that people are raising people that are raising other people up and also happen to get success by doing that. And that is sort of what I try to do every day. But if there's one person in the media that I had to to mention, then it's a mix of two people. And that would be Marie Forleo and Brene Brown. (laughs) That's a good Um, mix. Those two yeah, those two women are huge personalities, tell it like it is, are very upfront about what they want and need and what their goals are, and they encourage other people to ask for and go out and get what they want and need. And I think that especially for women, that can be hard for us to get our head around sometimes. Ask for what you need. No one is going to know exactly what's going on in your brain unless you tell them. <laughs> So, and you don't have to sit back and just let life happen. You can go out and get what you want. That's possible for everyone or should be possible for everyone. That's kind of the key, right? Like it should be. (laughs) Let's make that happen. (laughs) Those are are two two awesome people to look up to. And I know for for me, Brene Brown is her stuff on shame and overcoming that was was huge. And that's really important. And so few people are better to talk about. So that's a huge level of influence to be able to a very transformative level of influence as well. She's definitely, mm-hmm. her and Marie, definitely using their voices for, for good things. And I love her voice. I do. I love the way she speaks. I love the way she phrases things. I love how she puts things. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so, it's simple and it's straightforward and it gets right into your heart. And yeah. I love that about her. Well, let's talk about voices then, because this is what you do. Sure. How, <laughs> did you just suddenly decide or did you grow up wanting to do voice work and did you recognize that you had a great voice? Well, my my voice journey began when I was very, very young. And um, my grandfather had a really gorgeous, deep, chocolatey voice. And I think he did really early radio, like way back in the day. But like he was just fantastic. He was a he was a pilot. <laughs> Which is pretty awesome. Yeah. But yeah. And uh, and my mom is a singer and my dad plays guitar and piano by ear. And our family, our whole family is very musical. My sister is a singer, songwriter, guitarist. And we, when we were growing up, had sing-along time, not story time. That was our family get-together oh, thing before we went to bed. <laughs> 
It was pretty awesome, I gotta say. And it always just strikes me as how different that really was from most of the people that I speak to about this kind of thing, because obviously not every family is musical and that's fine, you know, but it always impressed upon me the importance of sound and why that has always had a big influence in my life right from day one. I was singing before I could speak almost. So uh, it's always been a part of my life. And actually approaching voiceover, I was a singer first. So I had very little exposure to actual voiceover work, I volunteered my time at the CNIB, which is the Canadian National Institute for the Blind, back in 95 and 96, just for a year, and learned what that was all about because I never really understood what it was. I knew what a radio DJ was. I didn't really understand what voiceover was. And at the CNIB, we were reading magazines onto tape, and it actually was reel-to-reel tape at the time. So it was quite the interesting process, first of all. And I liked the tech as much as I liked the voiceover. But it let me know that this was even possible. I didn't even recognize that it was a profession, that you could do it. And that was the first time that I came across that, and I really enjoyed it. But it didn't actually take for quite some time. It percolated in the back of my brain for a while. And I was in internet marketing and SEO from 95 until 2007. And in 2007, Google took over everything. Like pretty much there was no other search engine left. (laughs) And I got bored. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if you've ever had those moments in your life where you are so tired of something that you just want to lean against the wall and slide down it and just say, not again, no more. (laughs) (laughs) Just like you're tired and you're bored and you just want to do something different. I had that moment in 2007 with internet marketing and SEO. And I was like, this is not what I want to be doing for the rest of my life. It's time. (laughs) (laughs) So basically, I just switched my focus. I was already self-employed. So I just switched my focus from one thing full-time to another thing full-time. And I devoted everything that I had into learning and coaching and getting demos and understanding what the business was all about, made my mistakes in the early days by, you know, getting a demo done by what they call a demo mill. Basically, it's a company that will take anyone with a credit card. They don't give you any training. They just put you in front of a mic and say, here, say this, and we'll make you a nice, shiny new demo, and it'll sound beautiful. And it did sound beautiful. It was very professionally done, but I sounded like crap. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I, I wasn't at all connected to the copy. I didn't know what I was doing. There was nothing in that demo that would have showcased me as a talent. It showcased them as a production facility. <laughs> not so helpful. Well, good for them. but Yeah, not, not so, so helpful. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so I, something I, to be careful about. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I guess that stuff, kind of stuff is still around for, for people. Oh, totally. To it totally is. is. Is this still a uh, professionally, is this still a profession that people are, are able to come into? I, I, I know I, I, from uh, a guest I've had previously on the show, she said it's become very challenging to to get work. There's been a lot of changes in the industry. I'm wondering what you've experienced. I think that it would be really challenging to come into this as an artist. And I'm not by any means lessening the importance of that because artists are definitely needed in just about every profession as far as I'm concerned. What I will say is that if you are not treating this as a business, if you're treating it as a side hustle or if you're treating it as 
an afterthought or if you are assuming that an agent is going to get you all your work and all you have to do is sit back and let it come, you're going to be out of luck because this is a profession where you need to wear a lot of hats. You need to be going out there and getting the work yourself before an agent will even look at you. You need to make money before they're going to want to have you on their roster because otherwise they're hurting just as much as everyone in this business. <laughs> right. You know, they want to be able to make money and they're only making 10 to 20 percent on what you're making. So they have to look out for themselves, too. It's a it's supposed to be a win win partnership. But if you are going to have a partnership with somebody, you need to know that your business can be a strong part of that partnership. And it should be a business. Yeah. If somebody feels that they have a very strong voice is that the best track for them to go down if they feel that they have a, a great speaking voice? People could give them a lot of good feedback on that. And, and with a bit of work, they could probably make it even better. But is that a good track? Or do you think maybe there are other paths, other avenues available now that might be more more beneficial for them to go down? I think it all depends on what they want, what they really want. And it has very little to do with your voice. Your voice is a helpful thing, definitely. Having a nice voice can be super helpful. But if you don't know what to do with it, then you're never going to make a living. So really, it all comes down to coaching before you spend probably a large amount of money on a demo that's going to be your calling card and then going out or even like trying to get work while you're doing that. I'm not saying you can't get work while you're doing that. It's just it's a lot easier if you have a calling card and it's a lot easier if you've gotten training. And the training doesn't all, only happen with what to do with your voice. It's all about mindset and being in the right space when you're doing a, a spot or understanding who you are before you get in front of that mic. Yeah. Because everything you've done before in your life is going to influence how you sound on a mic, everything. And it doesn't, I'm not saying like, you could be a janitor. That's great. That's fantastic. You've seen life. So you know what, you know what you can bring to a mic. It doesn't matter to me what your background was. All of that is going to inform how you sound while you're connecting with copy. And you should use it. Put it in your head. You should use it. Use it all. Because we are attracted to human connection, to relating to other humans that we understand. And if you are not being human on the mic, <laughs> you're not going to be able to get much work. Of course. So really, course. the coaching helps you get there. And the demo demonstrates that you can get there on a regular basis. <laughs> this is what you sound like getting there. <laughs> and having a website and keeping up with coaching because styles change. And ultimately, it's about knowing yourself, because if I didn't know who I was, I wouldn't know what copy I should audition with and what I shouldn't. I wouldn't know what jobs are best suited for me or which I should leave to someone else who's probably better at that sort of thing than I am. I wouldn't be able to bring my authentic self to anything that I'm putting out there. And that really is key because being authentic is so important these days. Yeah, I, I would say you have a, a very warm and reassuring voice. Is, is that how I you do a lot of healthcare? To... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so is that the kind of thing you mean by leading towards the like the qualities that are inherent in in your voice and your style? Oh, sure. Yeah, it definitely helps. And knowing what those are in the beginning can be hard to figure out. Yeah. 
So that's why a coach is really helpful. That person can help you narrow down who you are on them and get you into the type of reads that will get you work. Are there, do you think there are uh, fairly specific vocal qualities that, that people just tend to prefer when they're listening to people? You know, I think it depends on the industry and it depends on the genre of voice. I know that there are all sorts of different things that people can do in voiceover and there is pretty much a place for just about any voice out there. So I really think it depends on the genre and who you're trying to reach out to. It's like companies. There are so many companies out in the world because they appeal to different people. Voices are the same way. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think that, I mean, so many of us, for so many of us, our, our voices are our money makers, whether we're professional voice artists or not, you know, I do mm-hmm. professional speaking work, I do professional coaching and training work uh, and podcasting, something we both do. And so my voice is to a great degree, along with other aspects of me, is my money maker. I, I can't do a lot without sure. it. And so do you, yes. do you think that anybody, like even someone like me, who's been doing a lot of speaking stuff for a long time would still benefit from some coaching and and from some guidance on that. I think being a lifelong learner is always a good thing. I don't think that there's any coaching you could take that wouldn't be beneficial. And voice or non-voice. I mean, business coaching is something that I do. I've gotten suggestions from how to run my business from coaching. I've taken voice coaching, definitely. Singing lessons every once in a while, yeah. Breathing, anything that you think will get you where you need to go. Anything that will teach you something that you didn't know you didn't know. (laughs) (laughs) Because I think that's important. I think, like I said, being a lifelong learner is a really important thing. And yeah, vocal training for anyone is a good thing. (laughs) I've had a a couple of episodes with vocal coaches and the two ladies I've had on both have very different styles of vocal coaching. And both fascinating, and I got a lot of value from both of those episodes. What is this? Yeah. Is there something that you like as a vocal exercise for yourself, or something that you learned from your own coaching experience that made a, a big difference to your vocal performance? Oh, I'm bad when it comes to vocal exercises. I'm not, <laughs> I don't tend to do them a lot, which is probably not a good thing. But breathing is definitely something to pay attention to. So when you're breathing, a lot of us have learned to breathe air in and suck our stomach in instead of letting it expand because we're tense. And Cynthia Jai, who I've had on my podcast, is a vocal coach for speakers and helping people overcome anxiety as you know, CEOs who should sound like CEOs, you know, this kind of thing. Right. So and she's fantastic. And she actually alerted alerted me to this because I hadn't really realized it was a thing. But people, when they're tense, they suck in. So and they push their belly in as opposed to letting it expand with air. So when you're taking in breath, you should be taking in breath and expanding like a balloon. Your stomach should be going out. And when you're letting the breath out when you're uh, expelling it, it should your stomach should go in. It shouldn't be the other way around. And in some cases, we've learned to do it the other way around, but it's making us tense. Yeah. So that can be really detrimental to public speaking. It can definitely be harmful to voiceovers or anything you do on a regular basis. If you're breathing improperly, you're not getting all the resonance 
out of all of the cavities of your body (laughs) that you should be. And also a sigh. This was one thing that she mentioned when we were talking, just the benefits of letting out a soft breath, (sighs) just letting it go, relaxing just for a moment. And it just makes everything better. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I get that. I felt better even just from your side there, yeah. I, I should do. I should do more more of it myself. Yeah, it's one of those sort of oh, really. <laughs> I've been told I should get into ASMR. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, I, I've listened to that. I, I find it. I find I don't listen to a lot of it, but I do find some of it very soothing. And, and some people oh, who do have these deeply soothing voices. Yeah, yeah. I went in. I went down the the rabbit hole. I totally listened. I watch ASMR all the time, and I have favorites. So yeah, I do it all the time. I I took. I did a podcast on it, a blog slash podcast, back in I think almost a, a year and a half ago or something like that. And I took a deep dive because IKEA had done an advertisement that was a half hour long that was an ASMR, and. I was like, what is this thing, ASMR, first of all? And second of all, what the heck are they doing with a half-hour commercial? What? (laughs) (laughs) Like, how does that even work, right? Because I'm talking about audio branding, so I'm talking about advertising in a lot of cases. And I was like, well, they're using sound in advertising, but I don't get this. What's going on? (laughs) And I definitely took a deep dive and went looking to find out what ASMR was. And it was really a fascinating study. Yeah, I do. I do find it interesting, and so some of it I find soothing. Some of it I maybe not so much, but I do tend to find that there are certain voices that do evoke different emotions. I, mean, I guess oh, I, yeah. that's probably everyone's voices <laughs> evoke different sure. emotions. But you know, it's also about listening to ASMR. I'm thinking, well, I would probably put on a Karen Carpenter song because because for me that's like receiving a a warm hug. Her voice is like a big warm hug. Yeah, to me, you know, <laughs> that's actually kind of the music that I do sort of yeah Yeah. when I sing it's kind of it's that yeah that that low register deep rich yeah I like that she was definitely an influence oh yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. definitely Uh, but you know someone who I I know if I went in times in the past where I felt a bit blue or low or just needed a bit of a a pickup that that her voice has just felt like that lift lift that I needed to to yeah. put me out. Yeah, she's saying not, not the only person, but she's just one of the probably the first person we got by whose voice soothes me the most. Yes. It would have been hers, and uh, yeah. and still still does still has that effect years after she's no longer with us. Sure. But, but yeah, voices have have a big influence. And now we're with, the show is all about influence and about speaking, oh, yeah. which is why it's great to be speaking with you. Uh, our voices <laughs> have a lot of potential for <laughs> a lot of potential for influence and persuasion. And so, what are the things in your perception that are the that make our voices more influential, that make us perhaps more, even more persuasive with our weight styles of speaking? I think active listening actually is really, really important because if you're paying attention to what the other person is saying, then you know how to respond and you know how to make that person feel heard. And feeling heard is how we relate to one another as human beings. So I think that's really important. And another reason why coaching is important for voiceovers is because you are, it's kind of an almost inactive listening. This is going to sound very strange, but 
because you're taking these lessons and you're understanding what might be happening before you started speaking that spot, you're imagining a whole world in your head. You're imagining that you're answering someone's question. And so that makes it more of a human interaction as opposed to just speaking words on a page. Yeah, That's part of what helps with the coaching, but it is all a part of being a human being and relating to other human beings, which is part of what active listening helps you do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think one of the biggest challenges I, I think to come across with people, and I think I experienced it myself to some degree, and probably if you listen to some of my earlier podcasts, you'd probably hear it, it is, is sounding natural when you're, when you're yeah. in conversation with people, sound, sounding conversational. And it's something in, in my experience has just taken a while to get to a level of comfort of doing this where I just feel like hey, it's, we're just hanging out and having a chat. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's interesting, but to, but to me, that's also, that's very much what I want. That's the atmosphere that I want to create for with my show. And we're just hanging out. We're talking about some interesting things. We would probably talk about this if we went to a bar, <laughs> you know. It's, it's, sure, uh, yeah. or met at Podfest. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We we met at Podfest there, yeah. and, and that, that's how we got that's how we got talking. But you know, this is that that's, that's the style. There is like a vocal signature almost to the show, which is sure. which is that yeah, this is uh, light-hearted for the most part, fun, conversational, but also diving into some of the mindset and practicalities and experience elements as well, which hopefully is is what makes it work. Well, certainly what keeps me coming back, hopefully is what keeps yeah. me coming back as well. Yeah, definitely. We'll return to the show in just a few moments. Like me, you have a message to share with your audience and it's important. In fact, it could change their lives. But first, you need to be very clear about two things. Exactly who are you trying to help? And what can you offer them that no one else can? Because it all starts there. And it's all about your brand. Brandface sponsors this podcast and they help people just like you to define, develop and display a brand that positions you as an authority. It's time to make sure you stand out. Find out more at learnaboutbrandface.com. That's learnaboutbrandface.com. Now back to Speaking Influence. One of the other issues that you have when you're doing voiceover work is that you're not really speaking to anyone at that moment. I, I, like, I love having conversations like this because I can actually see a face and have a reaction and respond, you know? Makes a difference. <laughs> so that's really cool. Yeah. But but the, the vocal, the voice train, the coaching that you'll get as a voice actor is so that you are able to build these in your own head so that you can have these conversations in a padded booth when no one else is there. <laughs> so how do you sound real and as if you're talking to a real person when you're in a, a padded room talking to a microphone, possibly with headphones on your head? It's as unnatural a setting as you could possibly have. And yet you have to sound natural. So that's where the yeah. acting comes in. <laughs> it is. And many of us are doing that now, not just with podcasts, but with, with YouTube and other social media content that we're putting out. Either we're doing videos, we're yeah. doing audios or, or both. And we don't always sound natural with that. Again, I'm thinking back to my, the very first YouTube video I ever loaded up, which got so badly pulled apart i took it down a few days later but uh, oh, yeah no. it, was, it was it was bad it was i wish and now i wish i'd uh -huh. left it up just so i could see uh -huh. how go back and see how bad it was but yeah 
at the time, my, my ego couldn't take it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> but, but I, I, you know, even I know that I didn't sound natural. I didn't look natural. I didn't sound natural. And I guess the issue that I ended up taking with the criticism I got was that I think I believed it because <laughs> I thought, because I could actually look at it and see, yeah, they're right. Actually, <laughs> it, it didn't seem very authentic. It didn't feel very natural. Uh, and that's a big it thing. It takes so, time. It yeah. does. I bet. I mean, are there some are there some things that we can do to help speed up that process? Maybe reading to someone out loud. That might actually help. I'm thinking that if you are actually imagining that you are reading to someone, that that can take you out of being inauthentic right there. Because if you're actually imagining someone else in front of you that you're speaking to, then that makes you more human. <laughs> Someone so to relate to. That's the acting part where we have to imagine yeah. that, that, that there's somebody else there, much as actors do. Yeah, I think that's that's a good way to think about it. You know, a lot of people say that when I'm doing when I'm doing video work now, I, I kind of imagine that I'm on a that I'm on a call like this with you or a Zoom call with somebody and that mm -hmm. on the other side of the camera, so to speak, is somebody else. And that's who I'm talking to. So I don't see it anymore as I'm talking to a camera. <laughs> I see it. Yeah, I yeah. do see it as I'm talking to to a person. But I don't. I, but also, I don't feel that I have to imagine somebody specific now. Whereas I think earlier on, I, I did start off by thinking yeah. about somebody who I talk to very naturally and very comfortably. That's a good point, actually. For a while, I used to put up photographs of people in my booth and talk to them. Like that, that's you know that could be a, a good tip. Yeah, that could be a good tip yeah. to people if you do this stuff. I mean, a... it helped for a while. Yeah, I, I'm quite lucky. I have one of those. Um, I have a camera on my. It's called a center cam, and it comes halfway down my screen. Have you seen? I'm these? looking at one right now. You have one yes. as well. They're pretty cool, right? I have one as well. I kickstarted them. Yeah, oh, it was yeah, great. Me too. <laughs> me too. And, and so, yeah, and for probably for the same reason that you, you can feel more like you're naturally looking at people rather than looking yes. up above your computer screen. And you can also yeah. see stuff on your screen whilst you're having a, a conversation with them, which for the kind of work we do is, is quite important. Very much so. Yeah. Yeah. Good. So we're not uh, affiliates for CenterCam, but maybe, yeah. we, maybe we should be. <laughs> maybe we should be. Yeah. <laughs> it is a great uh, camera, though. I got to say, like, it's actually pretty. That's the one I'm using right now. So. Yeah. I, I have to yeah. admit, I, I, I really love it. It's a great, it was a great Kickstarter. I was very happy when it. When it finally arrived, somebody nearly, mm -hmm. somebody nearly stole one. It got delivered to another office in my block. Oh no! <laughs> and uh, I very nearly didn't get it. So, but I was uh -oh. persistent. I was persistent. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, so let me ask you: you you do podcasting as well. Mm -hmm. What took you down the path of getting into? You know, I resisted it for a really long time. <laughs> I really did. I joined a business mastermind group. And in that business mastermind, a lot of the people that were a part of it were starting podcasts for various different reasons. I was the only voice actor in the entire thing. And when they did that, they definitely noticed an increase in their engagement with the people that they wanted to bring their products and services to, but also just, I think it fired them up. And I liked seeing that fire. So I was like, oh, okay, maybe it's my turn then. And my first, my first podcast only lasted 30 episodes, started in July of 2019. And I stopped it because I was kind of doing one of those general wisdom type of podcasts. Okay. And I just talking about how you didn't have to be 
on all the time, how you could actually rest and have peace and not have to hustle every second of the day. Or if you're going out and experiencing things with friends, you do not have to spend your entire time taking pictures. <laughs> Maybe you should just experience the moment. I was having that conversation He's, last night at dinner. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. Yeah. It is not an unusual conversation, no. but but I think that it tends to happen with people who are perhaps a little older. Right. I agree. <laughs> so I was finding that I was just saying these kinds of things and people were asking me to be a life coach. <laughs> I, was, I was not, that was not what I was heading to and not at all what I had in mind, but it definitely gave me the idea that if you have a podcast, you are automatically assumed to have a voice of authority. Yeah. And that was not the authority I was after. So I rethought the podcast and was thinking about what do I care about? What's my passion? And my passion is sound. It really is. So the voice acting is a part of that. So is podcasting itself and music and the science of what goes on in our brains when we hear things and how it influences our buying decisions, but also our daily lives, everything we do. So I brainstormed with them. We came up with the name of audio branding and the subtitle is the hidden gem of marketing. And I do talk about advertising a lot and audio branding specifically, but yeah. I also talk about the whole life aspect of how it influences everything. And I've talked about ASMR and vinyl beats and sound healing and spaces that are made specifically to sound good and how we can't block our ears the same way that we block our eyes when we're sleeping. So noise can be a problem. And the fact that planets make noise out in space and voice AI and all of this really interesting stuff and how yeah. you can influence what you taste with what you're hearing and how our brain, Amazing. our senses work all together. It's just a really fascinating study. So I'm much happier doing what I'm doing now. I started that in <laughs> November 2019 and I just released the 103rd episode. The 104th comes out on Wednesday. And there you go. You start the month so, after me I, I, and, I, and yeah. I, I, I'm... Uh, 110 episodes out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's just become a passion. And yeah. like you, I'm sure it, it's just something that I think about all the time. It's it's something for, for me, it's something that I I thought it would be a good thing to do. I did start a podcast back in 2012 and maybe did about eight episodes. I mean, maybe a similar experience to you, but with a much bigger gap in between. Uh, and I just found that me talking by myself wasn't very interesting for me. And at that time as well, most people had never heard of podcasts as well so i wasn't really picking out i was being to get like five or six downloads for for an episode i actually think some of them have more i did go back and check they're still online and I, not that i want to encourage anyone to go and find them but <laughs> um, but they're, they're still online and, and they have picked up more downloads but again not mm -hmm. stuff that ties in with what i want to do and similarly to you in my show has been a bit more of an evolution in terms of defining what i want to talk about and making it more about what i'm passionate about that it started off being primarily public speaking and then developed in you know, with the influence and persuasion stuff. And now it's much more influence and persuasion focused with things like public speaking and, and everything else that comes around that because podcasting itself is a hugely influential industry right now. Would you agree? Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. I will say, actually, I had a songwriting resource on the web back in 1995 that ended in 2016. It was called the Muse's Muse. 
And I had a radio show off of that website. Probably it started in like 2002, 2003. We were doing it in real audio. So we were playing independent musician songs, about 12, and then making a little commentary in between with this radio show right around the time when Live 365 was around. I don't know if you remember those days. But way, way, way back (laughs) when they did not have such a thing as podcasting and you had to just put it out on the web and see if people listened. (laughs) So I sort of had an inkling of what might become podcasts, but I never really ended up doing them until 2019. (laughs) So you you had that taste, that almost an induction into podcasting early on before that. What, I did. I kind of knew the structure of how it, it should go, yeah. you know, that kind of deal. What, what, what do you feel that it has done for you uh, professionally and personally? Well, I think it's allowed me to make a deeper connection with the people who might hire voice actors. But also the whole point of this was really to sort of let people know that sound should not be an afterthought. And that was really the point of all of this, because anyone who works in sound knows that what ends up happening is that you end up being the bow on the present or the icing on the cake. You don't end up being a consideration when things start. And because of where sound is going right now, it's super important to get it right. Because if you don't get it right, it's going to ruin the whole production. And I don't see why in that context, you wouldn't want to think about it at the beginning of the project instead of the end of it. So just trying to raise all boats for all of the people who work in sound and need to be a part of that discussion from day one, as opposed to day 53. (laughs) Yeah. I think it's a very powerful medium and and I hope more people, well, we've seen more people are coming to it. Certainly more people did over the pandemic period. And I know some of them will have come and gone already, but it seems that more, at least more people are aware the podcasts are there now. And more celebrities have been coming to it and that's been increasing oh, yeah. awareness of the whole podcast industry as well which mm-hmm. initially I didn't, initially i didn't see it as a good thing and then i heard pat flynn talking and saying and like, oh yeah that's that's the right perspective to have on it because more people are finding out about podcasts and you know they're more likely to find you and search for, for other kind of areas and it's not yeah. not, not that they're only going to ever listen to one show it, it's a very very Raise powerful all boats. yeah yeah very a very very <laughs> powerful medium I wonder, in terms in terms of your own show, then uh, you you probably have quite a significant focus on the on the audio quality of your show. How do you make sure that your show sounds great and and has those sorts of branding things that you talk about? I hire an editor (laughs) because I know that that is not my area of strength and it is someone else's area of strength. My colleague, Umberto Franco, who is a voice actor in Portugal, actually, he's the one who produces and, and audio edits the show and he does a fantastic job with it and has been involved pretty much since day one. So he was even helping me with the previous podcast and thankfully, because I don't think I could do it on my own. Uh, but yeah, it, it takes a village. So it's definitely behind, takes a village. Behind the scenes magic. But that, that's a, a, oh, yeah. a, a good thing to let in on. It's like sometimes we don't, all, we can't have all the skills. We can't be the jack of all trades to be able to do everything. I know some of the technology is advancing that's making us all sound a bit better and, and things are improving, especially as the industry keeps growing and developing. But mm-hmm. still, the, 
the people who have the magic, who really know what they're doing with it, are all, probably always going to make you sound a lot better than, than oh, yeah, yeah. automations and uh, you know, magic things like algorithms and things like that can never do. It, it helps to use things like Riverside, which we're on right now, or yeah. Squadcast is the one that I use. And um, turning echo cancellation off and everyone having headphones makes the audio way better quality, just so that everyone's aware. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It just, it makes it easier uh, because I think when you have the echo cancellation on, it, it makes it impossible for people to talk at the same time. And so what happens is you'll have the internet or whatever is working on the audio, lowering the volume of someone else. And then you just won't hear them at all. And then it gets all, gets all wonky. And yeah, yeah, it's not, not, not quite, not quite perfected. <laughs> yeah, that. yeah. That's kind of what zoom does, unfortunately. So yeah. when I was using zoom before I started using Squadcast, I actually would ask my guests to record locally on their own machine and then send yeah. me the audio file. That's what I would do with zoom never, as well. Yeah, it, yeah, it, it because yeah. it just ended up. Sometimes I would be heard very clearly, and, and they would be a muted whisper in the background, <laughs> and, it, and it just yeah. wasn't. Just or wasn't it would great. be interrupted. Yeah. yeah, yeah, or or the internet, you know. Oh yeah, that, <laughs> the internet. That happens. That's what happens, right? <laughs> That's yeah. what happens plenty of times, and and I've had yeah. that with other with other platforms as well. But you know, now with uh, I use Buzzsprout as well, and they have Magic Mastering that helps, and I use uh, Descript, and they have Studio Sam. So. All those, those are automations that do help me sound better, but it helps. I know that working with somebody who understands audio engineering would probably make me sound even better. And at some point, I, I'm sure I will do that <laughs> with my show. You know, I've, I've had this discussion with people where they are always waiting to outsource. And I will say that I think you can do it a lot sooner than you think you can. And the reason I say that is because when you outsource things that you really don't enjoy doing or that take you forever to do, you are freeing up your own time to do more of what you love to do by sure. paying someone else to do that. And it's worth it. I have to say it's totally worth it. Yeah. So the for my own sanity, <laughs> it's worth it. <laughs> One thing that I mean, I, I, I do help people get started with their podcasts or their journey into podcasting sometimes just as guests as well as hosts but one thing I generally will say to them is that they don't need all of this to get started like I started with Zoom I guess you did as well and that was that was yeah. it was adequate it's it's adequate to get started it was okay and, and you can make the improvements as you go along and having a tip like mm -hmm. yeah get your guests to record as well and send you the file that's that stuff that's really good to know is like yeah you can make it work pretty well with some yeah, basic or even free tools before you start mm -hmm. investing money into your podcasting. Uh, my, my philosophy is you know, podcasting has to be making me money before I start investing more money into it, which doesn't, isn't strictly true, but I try and keep that <laughs> as my philosophy. I guess I'm using my podcast as an outreach to potential clients as well. Yeah. So for me, it's a long tail marketing plan as opposed to something that I'm specifically thinking I'm going to make money from. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that this is very much how I think of it now. My, so me, the podcast is more part of my own positioning. It's also part of the content that I get to put out and, and to have those conversations where my, my potential future clients get a sense that mm -hmm. all right he knows, he does know what he's talking about and he knows all these amazing people yeah. as well he's probably a good person to come and find out more stuff about that's my hope anyway 
it gives your voice authority, right? It, it does all of those things. Yeah, I, mm -hmm. I definitely think it's uh, for, I'm primarily working with coaches, speakers, and trainers to, to get it down this path. But, you know, there, there's so many different avenues into podcasting uh, and they're not all educational or developmental. Some of them are just entertainment, fun, and, and they're just as valid and, and just as good to get yeah. into. In fact, some of them are, are doing very, very well from that. And, and you, it's like you said, you have to know what you want from it. You have to know what you want to get yeah. from it. And, and that's very much Definitely, the case with yeah. this. So for those people who want to have it as part of their professional ecosystem, I think it, it's very valuable right now. And I do also think it's a great time to be getting on board with it. Do you think that too? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We are only just starting to see the beginning of this, really. I mean, when you talk with people and they have a podcast, it kind of makes you feel like everyone has a podcast. Yeah. But really, I mean, like this is if you relate this to websites back in the day. And I remember those days. Me too. <laughs> there were a lot of websites at a certain time, but it's only exploded. It has only become the default of everything that you need to be online at this point. Yeah. And I think podcasts will get there, but they're not there now. <laughs> Nowhere near, right? And, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's still, it's big because we're in it. You know, like we feel like it's big because we're a part of it, but it still has a long way to go. But you, I think being in it now and both of us have kind of been very active for a similar amounts of time in it, I've noticed development, I've noticed growth and, and even sort of significant increases in it. I've also noticed people know, realizing and understanding that there are other ways than sponsorship to, to monetize a podcast or, or as you oh, say, yeah. to really make it sort of like a the similar value to having a book, uh, to getting that exposure of being yeah. known as an expert in your industry and being out there, you, you want to be that top of mind presence. And podcasting is a really powerful way to do that, not just with your own show, but with like with going on other people's shows. It's a, a, a very powerful way oh, to yeah. do that. <laughs> as evidence. We, as, as evidence. <laughs> yeah. Encourage, encourage everybody to do that. And um, so I, mm -hmm. I want to ask you, I mean, it, this may be a vocal thing for you or maybe not, but I feel that everybody has their own particular strength in their own influence and persuasion in life. And I wonder if there's a skill or a tool of influence and persuasion that you have as your go-to, your strength, your forte in trying to persuade or influence others. Oh, I'm not sure what that would be really. I mean, other than the fact that I go on to other podcasts and talk a lot about the importance of sound. I mean, because it is super important and I have only gotten more passionate about that as my podcast goes on. You know, I think, I don't, I don't know, as far as my own voice is concerned, you mean? Maybe. I, I feel like some people are very good at uh, telling stories to persuade. Some people are very good at uh, saying things and I guess saying things in a certain way um I, I could imagine it, it, it's very much a situational thing as to uh, what, yeah. what sort of thing you look at it there but just sort of thinking well what's something that you're strong at in terms of being able to influence and persuade is there a vocal thing is like do you feel there's a voice you have that's more persuasive than some of your other ways of speaking you know, I think that in some ways the warmth can help a lot. You know, that whole a spoonful of sugar makes the medicine go down. Yeah. <laughs> I think in that sense, um, my personality is that I don't like to be harsh. I, 
would rather give with one hand and then take with the other. You know what I mean? Like kind of like I'd like it to be even. (laughs) So that's always my perspective on things. And I don't know, maybe that comes through in the voice. (laughs) Possibly so. You know, it's not always an easy question to answer, but it's always an interesting thing Mm. to think about. I I wonder, I mean, you mentioned about your podcast, right? And you've been around for a while with your show. You have over a hundred episodes now. And so t- tell us about some of your most recent episodes and what people could come and listen to with your show. Well, the hundredth episode actually is one to listen to if you want to sort of get an overview, because a lot of the snippets that I use in that hundredth episode are demonstrations of what the full episodes were over the years or over the years, over the months, I guess, of the the podcast and and sort of demonstrate where some of the ones that I felt were most influential were. And I let people know which episode number they are so that they can go back and listen if they really want to. Recently, I did a solo episode all on podcasting, actually. So some of the tools that I use and how I put together my podcast and linking to some helpful tools and and such that people can use. And then the person that I spoke to most recently was a guy named Shez Mera, who has an audio branding company here in Toronto and has just done some really groundbreaking work for Destination Toronto. So some tourism stuff that really needs help right now and all sorts of other things that they've done. But his information was really interesting. And what his company does is also really interesting. That was a two-parter. And coming out on Wednesday, this Wednesday, is another fellow by the name of Austin Frankie. And uh, he has a company called Woo Punch. Oh, nice. <laughs> Fun name. W-O-O Punch. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's it's really interesting. And he talks about behavioral advertising. So why advertising works because of how our human brains work <laughs> and how we should be thinking of advertising and that maybe the whole Mad Men thing is more of a myth than actually effective. <laughs> Very entertaining to watch, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's it, This is kind of an interesting way that he described it. He described us as polyamorous loyalty. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, you can be loyal to more than one brand uh-huh. in a sector. You just, you'll go back and forth or you'll use one for a while or one will have a sale and you'll go there or, you know, it's just, we have certain amounts of loyalty, but they're not like the huge oh my God, I love this company. I'm only ever going to buy from this company. Like, that's not how we work. (laughs) That sounds very, this is really interesting. And it's definitely going on to my download list. And I I want to, I want to have a listen to that. I hope other people as well. So you chose audio branding and uh, there'll be a link to that in the show notes for anyone who wants to to go and check (laughs) that out. If anyone's wanting to get in touch with you and maybe talk to you about the, the work you do and find out more, what's the best way for them to find out more about you? Well, you can reach me on my website, which is voiceoversandvocals.com, A-N-D, not the and side. Yeah. And uh, if you want more information on the podcast itself, and the there's a trailer for the 100th episode actually right on the page, you can go to audiobrandingpodcast.com. Perfect. That's good stuff. 
Now, I, I always like to ask my guests for a book recommendation or a resource recommendation, and, and I do allow more than one, but if, if there's a book that you would recommend either related to things we've been talking about or just something that's been very impactful for you? There are actually a couple, but first I would mention anything by Seth Godin. You can't go <laughs> I, wrong. Quite by right. just reading yes. anything of his. Yeah. And Marie Forleo, actually, her Everything is Figure Outable book is actually really fantastic. I listened to the audiobook so, of that this year and I really enjoyed it. Yeah. 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 She's just a personality. I love her. She's to death. great. She has, she has a great show as well, right? She has a, a great podcast. Yes, she well. does. Yeah, Marie TV, actually, and I'm definitely subscribed and, and watch that all <laughs> yeah, the time. Yeah, I've listened to And that. actually, I learned of Brene Brown through her. Okay, so it all connects in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. Well, great people lead you to other great people. That's very often, mm -hmm. that's how the magic works. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, yes. So I, I wanted to ask you, as we sort of start to draw things to a close, really, if, if there's one thing you hope people most remember or, or take away from the conversation, or maybe even put into practice, what do you think that would be? What do you hope? I think pay attention to the sound around you. It's very important to to actually hear what's going on. And not, not if you are a content marketer, if you're a filmmaker, if you're um, an ad person, if you are involved in any of this, get your sound involved early on. Because I will say that one of the things Shez pointed out in his episodes is that there are a lot of well-known brands that are using the same directory music licensed song on all of their advertising. They're and like it, such different brands using the same piece of music and it just makes them look like they don't know who they are. Yeah. So if you're going to pay attention to that kind of thing, maybe using a music directory isn't the best idea because anyone can use that sound, that song as well. And if you want to be unique, maybe think about it a little earlier, you know, <laughs> don't just tack it on as an afterthought because you can run into that problem. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I thought I'd just maybe sit down on the keyboard and create some original music for my own show. <laughs> well, I, it's, it's something that I was guilty of in the first hundred almost 99 episodes of my own podcast and then for the hundredth episode I actually did commission someone to make some music specifically for my podcast and I'm really happy with it and I'm glad that I did that yeah but it, it takes some time I understand maybe it isn't always workable but if you have an actual audio brand and you can go to those music libraries that you've created that are specific to your company then First of all, you're not spending a ton of money on these music directories because you already have your own stuff. And second of all, no one else can use your music. Yeah. It's you. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, you it's You could license unique. it even. <laughs> you could license it. Exactly. You totally could. I, I would really suggest that you go to Shez's second episode. I think it is. There's a two-parter. And the second episode, he links to a video on Vimeo that he his company put together to show you all of those brands using exactly the same music. And it's ridiculous. <laughs> I, I'm definitely going to have to check that out. I, I want to listen yeah. to both of those episodes for sure. <laughs> jody has been a lot of fun i've learned some things Thanks. from today i've been inspired by some of the things you talk about as well i, I definitely I'm want glad. to try and make my voice uh, a bit a bit warmer and uh and friendlier like, and uh reassuring like yours is at the moment <laughs> it's, it's kind of like uh 
sad sandpaper on metal filings right now, but uh. oh, I would definitely not say that. Okay, but yeah, no, <laughs> that's okay. It's it, it's maybe just a bit dry after a weekend of speaking, perhaps. But uh, but thank you. It's been a real pleasure. You've been working. <laughs> <laughs> I've been working. This is true, and flying, which dries you out as well, and flying. Yes, it does does wow. all, does all of those things. So I'm still rehydrating. <laughs> but it's been a real pleasure mm. speaking to you. It's been a treat to have you on the show finally, and I thank you for bearing with me and coming and being on the show Jodie Crangle thank you for having me thank you so much (laughs) thanks thanks for tuning in I hope you've enjoyed the show if you did if you found anything useful that you could put into action then first of all put it into action but also share the show out with your friends and network consider that the price of admission for the show it really helps us and also it helps you to look good in front of your friends and network sharing good information with them and introduces more people to the world of ethical influence and persuasion. Do remember to check out our sponsors, Brandface. Brandface help you get your marketing message right and get it out to the right people in the right way. You can find out more by visiting learnaboutbrandface.com. That's learnaboutbrandface.com. I have some amazing guests lined up for you coming very soon as a recent interview with the amazing Grant Baldwin, who is the host of one of my favorite podcasts called Speaker Lab and also the author of an incredible book called The Successful Speaker. If you are into speaking anyway, maybe you're a fan of Speaker Lab, then do make sure you tune into that show is coming up very soon, as well as some other amazing guests, some high profile, some you may not have heard of, but all of them having great information to share around the world of influence and persuasion. I'm happy to announce as well that I have my book almost ready for publication, and it's all about building influence through podcasts. So no big surprise there as to the subject matter, but it's all ready for publication. The book is finished writing. It's being edited right now and I'm getting it ready to go. So look out for that. Very exciting times here at Speaking Influence headquarters. I'll look forward to seeing you on another show very soon. Whatever you're doing, wherever you're going, have an amazing rest of your day. Go and make great things happen.